Welcome to Coffee and Pearls, 15 minutes of wisdom for Catholic moms. I'm Sterling Jaquith, and today we're going to be talking about parenting with authority. So I recently read a book, Shepherding Your Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And it was fantastic. And there's so much in it, I'm not going to be able to share all of it with you. But I will just give you some of the big highlights for me. Uh, but first, I want to tell a story about my dad. So my dad, um, his form of a midlife crisis was to go back to school. He had never been to finish college. I think he kind of went for one year and dropped out. Um, but so in his 40s, he went to community college and got his two-year degree. Then he went to a local state school and got his four-year degree. And then he moved uh, to Eugene and went to the University of Oregon and got his PhD in childhood psychology. And one of the things that he studied was ways to teach parents parenting tools that would ultimately ground their kids in good, solid attachment parenting and emotional safety so that the kids would then not get in trouble and end up in juvie later. So it, it, it was a government-funded grant, um, and that's his job now. He goes around the country, and he trains teachers to train parents of low-income families how to raise their kids. So this is kind of an interesting thing that has come up you know, later in his life. And it was certainly not the way we were raised, but now we talk about it openly and it's always very interesting to me. So he came out to visit us um, earlier in January and I was asking him some parenting questions. And I, we're authoritative parents for sure, right? We, uh, we actually tend not to be on the attachment side of parenting. Um, although my dad would disagree with that a little bit. He would say we're more attachment parents than we think. Um, but before this conversation, I would have said, you know, we really expect a lot from our kids. We ask them to obey. Um, I don't know all the difference between attachment parenting and non-attachment parenting, but whenever I read the list, we tend to be on the authoritative side of things. Um, and so we were talking about that and he said, you know, what's important no matter what way you're parenting your kids, is that they know that you're doing it out of love. And so one of his examples was he was talking about families in Africa, and he said, actually, families in Africa are extremely strict and extremely physical. And he said, but the parents deliver the discipline and say, I'm doing this for your own good. I'm doing this because I love you. I'm doing this because I want you to be happy. And he said, that's actually more important, kind of the the reason they're delivering the discipline than the discipline itself. Now, he is not a fan of physical discipline at all, um, and so we he wasn't condoning that behavior, but he was saying, even if you're not doing that, even if you, you know, are a timeout parent, um, or I'm trying to think of other ways of <laughs> disciplining kids, um, like sticker charts or whatever it is. He said, you need to explain to the child that the discipline is about loving them and wanting what's best for the child. And so we had this conversation before I read Shepherding Your Child's Heart, and that book echoed a lot of what my dad said. And because my dad is like super agnostic and secular, anytime what he says matches up with something very, very biblical, I pay a little bit more attention. 
And so this book is written by a Protestant. Um, I didn't find anything that was non-Catholic in it, uh, but I do love that there's just tons of scripture throughout the book uh, for you and that you can share with your children. Uh, But his point is, the ultimate point of this book, is that God has given us authority over our children as parents. He's given us this job. It's an actual requirement of our job that we exercise authority over our children. And God has asked us to raise Christian children for as long as they are in our household. And so we have this you know, short period of time. I know it doesn't feel short, but it, of course, everybody says that it is a short period of time to teach them obedience to us as a way of teaching them obedience to the Lord. And it says all throughout the Bible, you know, listen to your parents, right? Honor and obey your parents. And that is describing this time that the children are in our homes and that we're doing this. And he said, too often we parent out of annoyance and irritation and I think before reading this book, I would have said, yeah, I probably do that 20% of the time. And I would have copped to the fact that that's not great parenting, right? I would have said, yeah, that's not great. It's like when you're not a great version of yourself because you have a headache. We talk about that all the time in Coffee and Pearls. And so I would have said, yeah, I probably do that 20% of the time. After reading this book, I realized I probably do it more like 40 or 50% of the time, maybe 60 And I think for me, it really comes out of that annoyance place, right? So not even when I'm not in a bad mood, but they're just like being annoying. And I will parent them in not the best way possible. And even just a little bit mediocre, right? Not even like I'm yelling or I'm doing something horrible. Just like kind of subpar parenting because they're annoying me. Either with their own behavior or by interrupting something that I want to do. And so he says, you know, we should not parent out of annoyance or irritation. And I've gotten better about that, but more than anything, it's just really brought my awareness to every time I do that. And I, I think I read this book now a month ago, and so I'm still I feel like I'm new trying these exercises on for size, and I'll I'll describe some of those later. But Just even bringing awareness to something is the first step. And I find that that has been extremely helpful for me. And then drawing patterns out of that and saying, okay, wow, I feel like I was just annoyed with them right then. um, And I was parenting out of annoyance. You know, what was happening? What triggered that? And what could I have said instead? And so I'm kind of always asking myself these questions. So, So he says, you know, we should expect obedience from the kids. I think I had that as an idea before. But it gave me a ton of clarity on why. And it it has to do with this authority piece that, you know, God gave us authority over our kids and that is why they should listen to us. So he says, uh, first he says, generally, children do not resist authority that is truly kind and selfless. Um, And that was a little painful to hear because obviously my children resist my authority and are not obedient all the time. And so I had to ask myself, you know, am I really disciplining them out of kindness and selflessness? And it's surprising how often the answer was no to one of those. And I think it will take a a long time. Like my guess is one to three years to really get this and to really change the way that I'm parenting my kids. But I'm committed to that because I really believe that this sounds 
like the way that we should be parenting. But it's okay to acknowledge that even reading an entire book on something doesn't mean it spits you out the other side and you know how to do it. Um, It's going to take some practice and some learning, but I'm committed to that. And I am really focusing on trying to understand what that looks like. And I'll have to do another episode on all of this later. Right now, I'm just going to give you some of the principles of what the book says. So one of the great examples he gives first is he says, you know, what do we say when two kids are fighting over a toy? You know, we tend to bust in the room and we say, who had it first, right? Who had it first? And he said, the problem with this is that this is a matter of justice. Too often we parent out of justice instead of getting to the heart of the sinful behavior of the child. And he said, in the example of two kids fighting over the same toy, he said, we have to uncover their sinfulness, which is that both of them are being incredibly selfish right now. Both of them are saying, I want this toy and you can't have it. And so if we simply ask, you know, who had it first and we give the toy to the person that had it first, all we're teaching them is justice, which is not a bad thing. Justice is a good and important um, lesson and virtue to understand, but it doesn't get at the issue of the heart, which is that both of them are preferring themselves over the other. And so clearly God asks us not to do this. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. I mean, all throughout the scriptures, it asks us to serve one another. And so in this example, the children are not exhibiting, you know, a biblical heart. And one of the things that he says is that it's our job to unmask the child's sin. And so when they do something wrong, we need to sit down with them and ask them, hey, what was going on with you? What were you feeling? And as I've started to do this with my children, especially with my four-year-old and even my six-year-old, I find they don't know, right? They can't articulate that. And that's okay. I offer up the ideas like, wow, I see that you were just really frustrated right then and you felt like that wasn't really fair. Um, maybe you were upset that you were left out. My, my third daughter is often left out and then she's really kind of a pest and snarky to her brothers and sisters. And I can see very clearly it's just an intention grab, but the others can't see that. And so it's, it's horrible because it ends up being the cycle, right? She's bratty. They don't want to spend time with her. She feels left out. So she's bratty, right? And it's circular. And so as I'm working through that with all three of them, I have to kind of draw out from them the ways in which their behavior is non-Christian in that it's sinful. And that has been an interesting challenge for me to parent really from a biblical worldview instead of just, hey, I wanted you to do this and you didn't. Here's your consequence, right? And he believes in consequences, right? We're parenting with authority. We give them consequences. But an important part of delivering the consequence is also talking through with them about that sinful piece of them that popped up. And it has been a great opportunity for me to share with my kids how sinful I am. Because, you know, kids can't see that. They they don't see the selfishness in our own hearts or the greediness or the... Um, 
you know, the gossipy things that we feel or the entitlement we feel, they may sense it, especially as they get older. But just explaining that I struggle with that as well has brought about some really good conversation. So one thing I feel like the book doesn't totally address very well is how to parent like the under fours. Violet's four and a half. And so I can get through to her on some level because she's she's almost five. Uh, but younger than that, I'm not quite sure how to apply all of this. So I've been thinking about getting a different book of his. I'll let you know if I figure that out. But for right now, I'm doing this mostly with the older three and, and just showing them the heart of God and saying, you know, what would Jesus want you to do in this situation? And I can tell it's going to be slow going because it's been years of not talking to them like this. And it's going to be slow to turn their hearts around and to to start asking the question, hey, you know, what would Jesus have wanted me to do? So your job is to unmask your child's sin. Um, so he talks about bad ways to parent, ineffective ways to parent. And not that it's ineffective in that it doesn't get the child to do what you want, but that long term, it's just going to not produce the kind of child that you want, the kind of soldier in God's army that you're you're looking to raise. And so one of those is to parent out of anger. And he says, when we parent out of unholy anger, it's often that we're just mad that the child isn't doing what we want them to do. And that's an unholy anger, often if it's coupled with this kind of annoyance or embarrassment. Maybe we're in public and they're doing something naughty. And so we lash out more strongly than we ought to. And we don't say the right things. So let's just use a grocery store example, right? Maybe your child is throwing a fit and you're just really embarrassed in that moment. So you either snap at them, you say something cutting or mean, maybe you pinch them, maybe you... Uh, bribe them. Hey, I'm going to give you some candy. I'll talk about bribing a little bit later in the episode. And so you're doing these things out of embarrassment, not necessarily out of taking the child and saying, hey, that's not a Christian way to behave, right? We don't do that. Um, And again, I'm not quite sure how to do that with a two-year-old. That's an emotional reaction, even a three-year-old. I'm talking about your seven-year-old who's like, throwing a fit over something that they're old enough not to do. And we should be able to say to that child, no, we're not going to buy that. Um, And they should obey us and move on with kindness. They shouldn't challenge our authority, be snarky to us, you know, pout, throw a fit. And so that's a, it's a biblical issue. And it's hard for us to parent from that place of peace, from that place of of loving God and wanting to do this job that he asked us to do when we're embarrassed or angry, right? So he says, when we parent our children with unholy anger, we have got to apologize. We have got to say, I'm sorry mommy got angry. Being angry at someone, you know, non-righteous anger is not okay. You know, I, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? So, um... I would say my husband struggles with that a little bit more than I do. Um, I certainly have moments, but, uh, you know, that's something that he's working on as well. And this, I felt like this gave me really good language to talk to him about that because he loved the idea that God gave us authority over the kids and they should obey us. That was kind of in line with our intuition about parenting, but we, we weren't quite exercising it the right way or saying it the right way. And now I say that 
all the time to the kids. I say, I love you so much. And God loves you so much that he gave you parents to be kind authorities over you and to teach you and to love you, right? God gave you kind authorities, your parents, to teach you and love you. And so I just tell that to them, like, hey, this is my job. And I have to do what God asked me to do, just like you have to do what God asked you to do. And it has made me feel more confident in setting a high bar for them because I feel like it's coming from a really healthy place and a really biblical place. Um, and so I'll say, you know, hey, I require obedience of you because God said that I must do that. And that's great. I mean, it feels great to say that as a parent. Um, and right, they still want to buck up against that and not do what I say. They were doing that anyway. They're children. That's the whole point. We're training them up to be wonderful people. It's a training ground. Um, but now I feel like I have better words to stand my guard and expect high things from them. Okay, so, yep, so we said most correction, you know, we do out of embarrassment or irritation, and we tend not to do it well then. Um, so apologize when we do that. So one of the things he talks about is how often we manipulate children. And he said, they can't tell that when they're younger, but as they get older and they realize we're just manipulating them out of selfishness, wanting something that we want, not necessarily asking them to be biblical people, he said they can tell and eventually that's when teenagers just rebel. They kind of go like, well, why? You've just been kind of tricking me into doing what you want. They don't feel like it's out of love. They don't understand that it's for God. We haven't created a relationship between them and Jesus. And so, of course, they would stop listening to us because they realize at some point you can't exert your authority over them. And if they don't understand, if you weren't doing it in a healthy way they'll stop listening. So they talk a lot about teenagers. Um, I highlighted a lot of stuff. I don't have teenagers yet. So uh, if you do, I would just recommend getting the book and checking that section out. Um, but he talks about the danger of bribery and that bri bribery is done out of self-interest. Um, hey, if you clean up your room, I'll give you, you know, popsicles. And I realized I did that a lot more than I thought that I did that. And I thought it was a good thing because I also thought that I, I used healthy things as bribes. Um, and he's saying, look, like if you keep bribing children to do what you want, they will learn to just behave well out of self-interest. And again, he keeps coming back to this idea of the heart. He goes, if you don't get at the root of the problems of someone's heart and we're all broken and we're all born with sinfulness in our hearts. But if we don't teach them to see that and to repent of that and to work on that, he said, they're just going to grow up to be adults who are self-centered and they only really want to do things to please themselves. And I see that in my own selfishness, right? As soon as you have children, you see how selfish you really are um, and what a gift God gives us having children and having to just die to ourselves over and over and over again. Uh, but... If we do a good job of giving them this amazing training ground, they'll suffer a little bit less in, in that phase of life because we can we can do that training right now with them. So we've got to get at the, the heart issue. And the heart issue is, I asked you to clean your room and you should obey me because I'm your parents. Now, I can see that what I still might do, so I might ask them all to 
to clean their rooms and then say, wow, family, we worked really hard today. Let's celebrate and have some popsicles. But I'm not tying it to the room cleaning like, hey, Rose, if you don't clean your room, you don't get popsicles. That's not what's going on. That's not what ought to go on. Um, And it's funny because this happened like two weeks after I created a a homeschooling um, chart for the kids and these bubbles. And when they fill in the bubbles for four days of school, then they got to watch a documentary. And it it really challenged that for me because I, I straight up said, right, hey, as soon as you fill in the bubbles, then you get to watch the documentary. So it was absolutely a bribe. And so I've been working on changing that association and saying, hey, I need you to do school because I'm asking you to do school and that's my my job. And then later kind of saying, hey, high five everybody, let's celebrate by doing something. So I'm, I'm decoupling those. Um, I've been doing that slowly because I made such a big deal about it in the beginning. And it was working fantastically, by the way. They were so excited to hustle through school and color in those bubbles so they could watch a documentary. Um, but now I'm, I'm wording it a little bit differently because of this book. They, he says, his name is Ted Tripp, by the way. So Ted also says, behavior modification isn't great. Rewarding behavior. Um, and he said, look, I love rewards. Give the kids rewards. But he said, same thing. If we're constantly just giving them gold stars for things, they're going to learn to work hard for gold stars and not necessarily the intrinsic value of serving the Lord. And he says, we come to know the Lord as we do his work and we need to work for the glory of God, not for the gold star or a dollar. And, and again, he says, absolutely reward kids. But the way we talk about it uh, needs to be that, hey, we do a good job because we want to stand up in front of God and say we did a good job, not because we wanted the dollar or the sticker. And, you know, what's so interesting is as I read the book and he, he specifically calls this out, he says, you're going to hear all the ways in which you're doing this. And I absolutely do that where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing that. Oh, but I guess I would if I made enough money or if it made me look good enough or whatever it is. And it's so easy for us to do good things for self-serving purposes instead of asking the Lord what he wants and doing work for the Lord just because he's asked us to do it. Uh, so that's a deep, deep issue. And I think it will take a while to work on for myself and for the children, right? None of these things are going to happen quickly, but this book has given me so much hope that, you know, as I didn't grow up in a Christian household, now I feel like, oh, this is what it could look like. And any book you read, you're going to pick and choose the things that resonate with you and your lifestyle and your family. It's not everything, but this gave me so many tools that I think I was searching for and hadn't quite landed on yet. So the next form of parenting that he says is not great is parenting out of emotionalism, right? Where we are like, mommy is so tired. Can't you tell that I'm so stressed right now and you are just making it worse? I need you to calm down. I just can't handle any of this anymore, right? When we kind of shame them and we make them feel bad because the parents are like overwhelmed 
And it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to manipulate them in that way. And they learn pretty quickly what to do um, and how to manipulate us back, right? Uh, they know that we're, when we get to that state, when we get to the emotionalism state, they can probably get a lot of things out of us. Um, television, candy, sugar, those kind of things, because we're just done, right? We're done with for whatever reason. And when they see us go into that emotionalism place, they want to appease us. And they know that they can get things out of us when we're in that state. So parenting out of emotionalism, not great. Um, the next thing that he mentions is parenting out of erratic eclecticism. Eclecticism. Where you're basically just shooting from the hip, using a ton of different strategies, and the kids can never predict what you're going to do. That is so dangerous. And I've said that before. Non-predictable, unpredictable parenting is really dangerous for children because they just never know which version of you they're going to get. And so it's really important that you are clear about your rules, you're clear about your consequences, and consistent about the way that you deliver those to the children. So um, don't be an eclectic, disciplined parent. That is not great for the children. Uh, the last thing I just want to leave you with is this idea that selfishness is not outgrown. It is an issue of the heart. So he says, selfishness is not a matter of maturity. We don't grow up and outgrow selfishness. It's a matter of training and coming into relationship with the Lord. And we all know that because we're selfish, right? There's like a spectrum of selfishness. We're on it and we're hoping, you know, to move to the good side of the spectrum. But it's there. It's there because of original sin. And we're just incredibly self-centered. And he said, we've got to get to the heart of our children. We have got to show them the sinfulness of their hearts so they can begin to clean it out and that they do that more quickly, right? That the feedback loop is quicker. Um, oh, wow. I noticed I was selfish right then. Lord, forgive me, right? We want them to have a heart of repentance and to always be going to the Lord and saying, wow, Lord, I, you know, I strayed from the path today. I wasn't the kind of person you want me to be. Please forgive me. And, you know, obviously doing that every day in prayer, but also going to confession, you know, I think if you can once a week, but at least once a month, um, and just cleaning out our hearts and saying, Lord, help me with this selfishness. I'm sorry, please forgive me. And so his entire program is about, you know, getting to the heart of the children, shepherding the heart of the child helping them to identify those sinful ways that we all have and, and just telling them, hey, that's completely normal and natural. There's nothing wrong with you, right? Common humanity. We are all struggling with that. But it is my job as your parent to have authority over you to train you up to love and serve and know the Lord. Okay? So fantastic book. Go check it out. I'll link it everywhere I need to link it, and you can go see it. Um, next up, I'm going to be talking about Making Brothers and Sisters Best Friends, because that is the other book we've been reading, which is also fantastic, and I've really enjoyed it. All right, ladies, I hope you got some wisdom out of that. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Pearls, and have a blessed day.